Ruiz. ever imagine at the time that some of these tracks would just live on decades oh, later and no are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and no uh, because let's see Coomba's retired now Marvin's retired mm -hmm. the from those days the from the nine that are still on stage playing live now are is uh, Diamond, myself, and Chet, and everyone else. You know, have, they've been with the band for, you know, for a number of years and stuff. But from back in the, those days, we're the only ones left. We're the last ones standing. <laughs> yeah, thank God you are, and still carrying it on. You know. Thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. Um, can't wait to get back out there. <laughs> oh, I know. This has been a drag for everybody. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, you know, we we've been uh we've been doing our our just do, staying on inside and and everything that they have been telling us to do, and uh, we're we're standing at the at the gate with our engines. <laughs> waiting for them to wave the flag so we can go. <laughs> so so uh, we touched on Contradiction, and you mentioned the rock thing, and that track certainly had some of that rock thing going on with the guitar. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Angel came after that. Right. Did you feel like um, these... The, the hits started, you know, becoming less frequent, you know, in terms of, you know, big hit uh, records uh, or singles. Did you yeah. feel like the songs weren't maybe quite as strong or do you feel like maybe the promotion wasn't the same or times I, were changing or what was happening? Well, uh, I, what I felt like is that we were really trying to outdo ourselves way too hard. So we were being overly overly creative which is like a like using a, a double negative in a sentence you know it, it cancels out so that that we were very super super critical of ourselves and and being super critical you can you know critique yourself right, right out of your own pocket mm. <laughs> and uh, uh, and and uh, at a certain point yeah, definitely the times were changing because disco came in. Disco. And uh, <laughs> we even did a tune called Everybody Disco. <laughs> On the hits package, yeah. Right. 
but, right. but yeah, he still, but he still had some really unique sounding tracks coming, like Body Vibes, very unique track. Yeah, the beginning. Oh, dude, I love the beginning of that Body Vibe. It's funk. You're doing all kinds funk. of tinkering on the yeah. Keyboard, that one. yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think and I think it actually ends on your on your hit too. It just boop. And that's the end. <laughs> yeah, man. It's 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 been a wild and crazy ride, and I've enjoyed it every minute of it. Um, I never thought the ride would last this long, and I'm, I thank God that it has. And for as long as it's going to run, I'm going to ride it. Why do you think ultimately the the group? Uh... You know, I'm, I know Sugar and he, you guys kind of came in and out and, and, and Jones stuck with it for a while. But why did things kind of break up at the end of the 70s? Uh, well, uh, it's a combination. It was a combination of things. It was a combination of um, all those advances that had been against royalties. Um they, they started catching up with us as far as like, okay, we're like, okay, well, we need some money. Well, you can't get any money because you maxed out. And and then the IRS was on us. Okay, so you owe this much. Okay, and, and a, lot of, a lot of things like that and financial reasons. Okay, and uh, folks had to do what they had to do. Um, one thing, um, I know for certain, and uh, uh, we, I took a hiatus uh, because uh, Satch fired Chet, and when I asked the reason for it, uh, there was no sustainable reason, that, uh, none that made any, any kind of logical sense to me, and uh, so I told him, well, if he goes, I'm, I'm walking out the door, too. And so I said, well, there's the door. And I said, well, here I go. And so the next thing that happened was uh, I took a hiatus. Diamond took a hiatus. And uh, the three of us started a group called Shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Electra Asylums. Three albums, right? Yeah, we did three albums. I really love uh, Sinister Way. Yeah. <laughs> and Shadow in the Streets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those two tracks are my favorites, I think. Yeah. Uh, they, those are those are my favorite. And um, uh, the very, very, very first one, uh, I Need Love off the very first album, the arrangements... Before the actual vocal started, I lo- I mean, I'm, I'm in love with that arrangement because it's just so funky <laughs> with the horns and the and the parts. Mm-hmm. Did, yeah. did you feel like you guys got, you know, the support you needed for that project or um, how'd you feel about it? We got uh, we got a lot more support than I actually thought we would get, which was good. Um, and 
in the in the end result in the end result is I don't think they had uh, they didn't know how to market us you know they didn't know what label to put on it and it was a big transition from the 70s into the 80s with disco weaning and then sort of this new breed of like pop R&B type music on the radio so right yeah right it was and uh so they didn't know they didn't they really didn't know how to uh market us uh, they even brought in as a, a co-producer on our projects they brought in leon ware who had uh co-produced a lot and written a lot with michael jackson marvin gay and uh, and we uh even uh played on a couple of his projects yeah, so we stayed busy. Well, I know you stayed really busy because I know, you know, you did a lot of stuff with uh, the Troutmans. Um, yeah. Yeah. So fellow, you know, uh, Dayton connection there. and. Yeah. Well, yeah, I knew Roger. Okay. Well, Sugar introduced me to Roger. Uh, and Roger and Sugar were from the same city, Hamilton. <clears throat> and... Uh, uh, I knew Roger because Roger was still coming over Sugar's house during the times that we were touring and he was still getting like guitar lessons, getting pointers and stuff from Sugar. And Sugar and I lived like right next door to each other. So, uh, after I came after after the uh, Electro Asylum thing with the shadow fell through, I moved back to Dayton. And uh, that's when uh, Roger had come out with more bounce to the ounce. Mm -hmm. And they had stumbled upon, <laughs> they had opened their door. And uh, Sugar, Sugar told me, he said, man, why don't you go up uh, and see if uh, Roger will give you some? He said, I'm sure Roger will give you some studio work. I said, okay. So I went there for studio work, and they wound up hiring me as, as one of their producers and writers. <laughs> so Roger actually got guidance on guitar from Sugar? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's cool. <laughs> he did. Because <laughs> wow. he was a heck of a player himself, Roger. I saw him a number of times, and yeah, yeah, he got a lot of that that, that trickery and stuff he would do on guitar from Sugar. Hmm. I, there's no words for me to describe Sugar. It's, it's just not. It's, they're not in in a dictionary anywhere. Let's just start with Phenom. And take it up to uh, a few levels above that, okay? <laughs> and just such an enormous influence vocally on a whole generation of singers. Yeah. Okay. He told me, he said, Beck, I'm not a singer. He said, I'm a stylist. I said, <laughs> okay, I'll take that. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you can say that about Michael Jackson and a lot of the most famous ones. Right. You know, where, where does right. singer and stylist, where do they intersect and, you know, <laughs> right? 
Right. <laughs> right. Frank Sinatra was a stylist too, probably. <laughs> they called them crooners back in that day. Yeah. <laughs> so is there anything in particular that you worked on with um, Roger or that stable of acts that you were like really proud oh of? Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I can make you dance. Uh, uh, dance floor. Uh, spend my whole life with you. Uh, there was he Roger had at one time I think they because they had shopping productions and then they had a stable of acts a stable of acts that they, they were with a stable of different record companies whom they were producing acts for and uh, they would be gone on the road and, and uh, I'd be in the studio doing the music and stuff for different acts of theirs. And they'd come back and Roger would put on his parts and Lester would put on his parts and, and then we'd do the horns and then go back on the road, you know. So, yeah, I know uh, they had um, Shirley Murdoch and um, the human body. Uh, it was human body and... Um... Body. Uh, they, and they, oh, my goodness. And there was one project called Shelly, and there was another one called Dick something. Uh, and not to mention Zap. And, and Roger on solo, yeah. And Roger. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I was I was writing for all of those. Wow. And then <laughs> and Sugar then, had and his... Especially, especially with uh, Shirley. Uh, Shirley, uh, as we lay, uh, that was... Uh, myself and uh, Larry, Larry Rogers' brother. He was a great lyricist. Hmm. Yeah, that was her biggest hit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sugar, around that same time, had his only solo record out too. And I know you helped on that, right? And, and that was, but that was produced also through the Troutman Camp, and I played on that as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And then I remember you guys tried a, a comeback. Um, I'm not sure how deeply involved you were with it. Uh, that record was called Back in the late 80s. Back yep, in the 80s. Yeah, I was I was with it. <clears throat> it it kind of, the touring started kind of falling flat on its face. And uh, I had I had too many bills too many IRS bills and, and too many child support bills. I had to go. I had to just keep working. So I said, guys, I got to go. I saw I saw the band uh, play at the Strand in Los Angeles in support of that album around then. And I'm not sure if you were at that show. I don't think I was. Yeah. They had a, a Dorch on bass. And, right. Um, and what really surprised me was no horn section. I was like... I don't know how players classics without real horns. Without horns, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <clears throat> we had we had been talking about it. Uh, Sugar had wanted me to to come with 
his Sugar's Ohio players. And Diamond had, and had wanted me to come. And I was like, why don't we just get back together, period? Okay, and, and if there was, seemed to be some kind of impasse, I don't know what it was, uh, but uh, God has a way of working all things out, you know. And uh, my brother Sugar passed, and and uh, Diamond gave me a call. And said, "Well, Beck," and said, "Whatever bygones that were in the past, let them be bygones, and let's just do this." And so we've been together since. Mm. Glad you're able to put those things aside and and bring the beautiful music back to the people, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Because the music is it's bigger than holding on to past stuff, man. Mm. You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, back in. Uh, um, the 70s, I know Fazo was sort of a, a spin out of, of the group, and I think Satch was most involved with that. Um, did you also contribute to yeah, Fazo? I did. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> yeah, riding high. Yeah. Yeah. Be surprised when that was such a big hit, too. Yeah, well, I was equally as a surprise. Uh, I really was. Uh, but I, I mean, I remember sh uh, showing Keith Harrison, who had a phenomenal voice and range, um, just showing him a few few things on the on the uh, string synthesizer, the ARP string synthesizer, <laughs> um, and uh, and showing him how to not play how how less is sometimes more. Playing less more and stuff, little small things like that, and then uh, I went out and and uh, in one take put an organ track on it, and, and then I <laughs> I actually had three horns to try out for doing solos, and I only wound up keeping snippets of uh, <laughs> of the best parts because it was really too much you know it was over the top and it was about Faso, not about the horn players hmm. that also very unique sounding track I mean there was nothing like it at the time right yeah and did you also do some work with Slave yeah yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. What yes, what sir. Could, what could people uh, have heard you on with Slave? Oh my goodness! Uh, now your 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 uh, my memory has to be jogged somewhat because I, I even uh, did a couple of tours with them, um, one in Japan and. One in uh, Canada with Slave. Yeah, and uh, little known facts, right? <laughs> no, I didn't know. What, what, what year would you say that was? Oh, oh, this was in the 80s. 
80s was a busy time, <laughs> real busy for me, almost as busy as the 70s, but uh, creatively much more busier than the 70s as far as uh, uh, touring with outside of the Ohio players and writing outside of the Ohio players. What Can you share anything about Mark Adams as a player? Oh, wow. Yeah, he... He, uh, God, he was, they were kids in high school when I first met them. And, uh, they would always stop. Uh, my house was like on the main, on the main street, Philadelphia Drive, which would go leave Philadelphia. You, it would take you straight out to Dayton Airport. And, uh, they would always stop at my house to get their opinion, get my opinion uh, on on what they were doing. Um, when they came, they stopped by, and when they stopped by with Slide, I said, that's going to be a hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same, well, Heat Wave did the same thing, because, you know, Johnny and Keith Wilder were also from Dayton. They would stop by my house and Stop by with Boogie and I said, that's a hit. (laughs) A hit hit parade coming through your house. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's God, God bestowed a certain amount of things upon me, which, for which I'm very grateful and appreciative, but I'm also very humbled about it. And, uh, uh, but I know what I know, and that is undeniable. You know, even being an Ohio Players fan like I was all those years, and also being a fan of all the other bands, too. I bought all the Slave and all the Lakeside and all the Roger and all of it. Um, Living in Los Angeles and being young... I didn't really put it together that so much of it was coming from this one small little geographic area, you know, <laughs> and um, and I had never been, you know, uh, <clears throat> east of California. I hadn't traveled at all, so it w- it was like you know the other side of the world to me. And yeah. um, what do you think it is about that area that just was so fertile for this music? It, you know what it just. It was just the right time. The, the 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 car plants were booming. The Air Force bases were popular. Uh, there was no excessive crime rate. People weren't shooting and killing each other. People were having fists and and maybe stabbings. But all this gun gunnery play wasn't 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 happening. Okay. People believed in uh, making a lot more love and peace instead of violence back during that time. There was just more harmony. And the music was in tune with it. And, uh, And the Dayton area when we kicked the door open, it seemed like everyone said, okay, let's go through that door. 
ask questions after question about how to the how to's and it and to us it, it just seems so normal you know like because we we're used to doing it on an everyday basis and and uh, it just seemed natural to us and I guess to a certain point after a while, once they, the other groups, got the knack of it, it seemed natural to them as well. You uh, put out your uh, solo record in 2011, Memoirs of a Player. And um, I think, <laughs> you know, if people haven't, people watching this, listening to this, haven't heard it, um, go check it out, recommend it, because there's a, a ton of music on there. It's a huge variety. And um, is it your son that also is musical, or? Yes, yes, yeah. uh, my youngest son is. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah, so I mean, congratulations on that record too. It was. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, a nice accomplishment. I didn't know you knew about that one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the update of fire on there even. Right. <laughs> You think you, you got more uh, music up your sleeve, or what's uh, the future? Oh, holding? of course. Of course. Uh, I was just talking with uh, uh, my engineer, who is also the, the owner of, of this studio, uh, about uh, when could I get back in. He says, man, we, you just name it. He said, we're corona-free here. here. <laughs> So, as you can see, the board right here, uh, the keyboard right here. <laughs> so, uh, I've got about, oh, I'm in the middle of a gospel project, and then I'm just doing, a, working on a second solo. When, when you look back on all of this, um, is there a particular composition or arrangement or something that you are, is your favorite or you're most proud of? Oh, my goodness. Uh, there's, there's so many. There are so many. Give me three uh, favorites. Oh. It's Honey, it sounds like Honey might be one of them. Definitely Honey's one of them. Uh, because that that the inspiration for that came uh, we were just sitting around talking and you know, I just heard it in my head and I jumped up from the control room and ran out to the studio and started messing around with it and the tape was still rolling as I told you back in those days Paragon Studio the tape always was rolling mm -hmm. so I came back in and I said do we, did you save that? I just said, stop the tape and play that back. <laughs> he says he played it back. So I said, um, that's, that's one of them, honey. Uh, oh, God. Roller coaster. That was my first time. All those sounds that sound like elaborated uh, reverb, sound units on uh, 
hitting with on the two and the four with Diamond Snare, that's me playing. That was me have I programmed a, a ARP 2600 where you have to make the sound using a patch bay and patch chords mm -hmm. and you use oscillators for your noise, white noise and stuff like that. And uh, that's also the sound that sounds like it's a gunshot. And the scream, that's me. <laughs> you must have been so amused when that whole thing was... Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I was tickle pink. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I got to say real quick, in case there's viewers or listeners are unaware of that, you know, there was a whole uh, rumor in the Love Roller Coaster. It was a hit song, went to number one on the pop chart, but... There was a scream, uh, I think it's um, during the breakdown segment of the song, and it's sort of in the background, and there was a rumor going around that some woman had been stabbed or something uh, during the recording in the studio. And it was, uh, uh, one, it was like the model on the album hadn't, got, hadn't gotten paid her money, so she had <laughs> to get paid her money, okay? <laughs> and we took her in the back and shot her. <laughs> And she could hear her scream. <laughs> Did your, uh, your 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 PR come up with that idea, or where'd that come from? I wonder. No, actually, you know what that that came from. Uh, that came from a DJ out out in your country, uh, California DJ. I think it's from San Diego or or somewhere down in there, San Diego, San Francisco. He he came up with that story. I don't know what he was on that day, but I'm glad he was on it. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, like um, that's right up there with like uh, Paul McCartney not having shoes on on the cover of Abbey Road and right, you know, things like right, that. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was right up there. Among that. <laughs> So you were like a sort of a mad scientist on that one, making those uh, sounds back in those days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those were early synthesizer days. You know, you had to make your own sounds with patch bays and chords and and oscillators and white noise and envelopes and filters and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. These kids know nothing about that. No. <laughs> Just like uh, editing tape with razor blades and all that. They don't know that either. Oh, they know nothing about that. Listen, we were so good. At, we were so good at editing. We used to uh, we used to have gold chains with gold uh, razor blades. That we all used to wear around our necks <laughs> because not only did we edit on the twenty four track. Well, excuse me, when we did skin tight, that was recorded on sixteen track. And then from that to two track, to quarter track, <laughs> we did a lot of edits for for the forty fives and stuff like that. Forty fives people are, are these little round discs yeah. <laughs> they used to make. <laughs> yeah, had a hole in the middle. <laughs> I'll, ne I'll never forget when you know. At first, I heard the forty five of fire, and then when I finally heard the full version. 
it was like another mind blown, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so is there a third track or are we just going to stick with those two, you think? Uh, I'm going to stick with those two. I'm going to stick with those two. Um, and uh, off the same album, too. Uh, sweet Sticky Thing, Sweet Sticky Thing. All on, all on Honey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sweet Sticky Thing. What about, was there a, um, a stage performance that just stands out to you that maybe something, even if something unfortunate or funny happened, or maybe it was just a crowd that was just really going crazy? Is there one that stands out in particular? <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> there was this this one time where um, I think Marshall had been uh, Jones had been drinking a bit too but too much Cavassier before the show, and he was missing all the cues. I mean, and really behind the pocket and. In missing parts, and somebody from the audience threw an egg at him. He ducked, and the egg hit Diamond, <laughs> and then Diamond threw a stick, <laughs> and, and Jones ducked again and hit Marvin. <laughs> and I'm over on the other side of, of the stage, busting up. Trying to hold my composure, trying to sing. <laughs> where was uh, that? that? What city? Oh God, we were, where were we? Somewhere down south. We were somewhere down south. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't remember the song because it all just happened so fast. It, I know when we went back in the dressing room. Everyone started laughing. <laughs> Diamond was still pissed off because he is still wiping egg, one of the eggs, wiping it out of his hair. <laughs> and he had he had a uh, a big a much bigger afro back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we all, you know what? We all used to have more hair. I used to wear mine long. Now it's short. <laughs> Still got perm and stuff, but it's just, I got great grandkids now. You know, they, they're not having great grands that walk around with all that long thing. Great <laughs> grandkids, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. Whoever, Never thought I never thought I'd see that either. Okay, <laughs> it's another blessing. Wow, so many blessings for sure. Yeah. Um, when you guys were uh, in your heyday, how much did you keep an eye on like the competition groups? You know, like at the time, I had my best friend. He was an Earth, Wind, and Fire guy. You know, and I was always an Ohio Players guy. You know, and, and to me, the Ohio Players Funk was always a little more raw, which I liked better. Um, but did you guys keep your eyes on those other groups? Uh, actually, they, they were quiet as it's kept. Uh, 
Verdine and Philip uh, were two of my best friends. Uh, uh, I think Satch and and Maurice were kind of head to head rivals. Um, and uh, there was always that thing about us being on the same show to see which band was the best. <clears throat> and in fact, there was one show that we had with them that we were late getting to. And uh, we were the opening act. So when we got there, they would not let us in. Wow. Right. Because we were about half hour late. And I think we only had like about a 45 minute to 50 minute window. So they wouldn't let us in. <laughs> so the show, that was the show that would have would have proved it all, right? <laughs> Wow. This show did never happen. <laughs> that would have been quite a showdown. That's too bad. Is it true that the Ohio players actually went to the wrong Hollywood once to like Hollywood, Florida instead of Hollywood, California? Uh, that, that happened a couple times. <laughs> that, Hollywood, California, and saw Hollywood, Florida. And also, uh, what's that other one that's in the South? Um, there's a city, there's a city in New York, Albany. We went, we, we went to Albany, New York, when we were supposed to be in Albany, Georgia. <laughs> wow. So the shows get canceled, or did you like hightail it to where you're supposed to be? Or? Well, uh, well, I know for for the one in Georgia, one the one in uh, the first one that you mentioned, uh, we made we made the show up, okay. But the one in Georgia, the promoter, he lost he lost his shoes on that gig. So the next time that we came down there in the state of Georgia, he had an injunction ready. And after the show, they locked up all of our equipment until he got uh, restitution. Hmm. Yeah, he was still pissed off about it. <laughs> and he must have lost big time. Wow. Yeah, but they, they, they actually took all of our equipment until we paid him. Well, wow, misadventures from the road. No wonder you uh, stuck closer to the studio in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd love to travel. Now that I'm older, um, I'm loving the traveling again. Okay. But uh, I guess for that at that point in my life, uh, I was really... And one of my most creative states, and I, I and I just wanted to keep creating. Do you feel that the Ohio players have gotten all the respect and credit that they should through the years? 
Uh, I think, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping, and let me say this properly, that in years to come, that, that people will see because we're still not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. uh, in years to come, people will see that we definitely deserve to be so. Uh, there are things that, and people, uh, there's things we've done music-wise and written written with and for people in the music industry and that have further things and as far as their hits and their careers that people aren't aware of. So there's there's still things yet to be discovered. Yeah, the Hall of Fame for sure, that's glaring. I mean, come on. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, I hope that they get it right while, you know, you and Diamond and uh, Chet can still really appreciate it. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope so too. Uh, we're we're not spring chickens anymore. We're still hanging in there, though. <laughs> what what are the shows like today? Uh, they're very exciting. The I've got the horns or I've got the horns popping. Uh, everybody's moving on stage. Uh, we've got three guitars. Wow. Uh, two guitar uh, two keyboard players. One being myself. And uh, one bass player, which is Darwin Dorch, and uh, and Diamond on drums, and uh, I'm uh, I'm BMD. So uh, I've I've kind of got I can kind of hear when the wrong note is in the wrong spot at any point in time in the show, <laughs> and. Uh, I'm a strict, very strict uh, disciplinarian, should I say, about that. Yeah. You keep people on their toes, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep coming to Ohio Players shows. We are definitely the funk masters. Keep the funk alive. It's beautifully said, and... Uh... I couldn't agree more. So thank you so much for doing this, Billy. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for all the great music over the years. Thank you, man. I can't wait to meet you in person. Uh, likewise. Hey, back at Truth and Rhythm headquarters. Thank you for joining us on another magical ride with Truth and Rhythm. Whether you're watching or listening, as always, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Be sure to subscribe. Go to YouTube. Go to the Funkin' Stuff channel. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Also goodies here like TIR quick takes. And if you subscribe, you know what? You get the show before anyone else. It's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along. Tell a friend. Tell family. This audience is growing and it is a beautiful thing. All coming together for the love of this great music. Also, if you can throw us a buck or two, we could use the support financially, keeping the lights on, keeping the servers going, all these expenses. If you can help support the program, whatever you can give, much appreciated. Go to the FunkinStuff.net website. And on the right-hand side of every page, you just click and you can donate through PayPal, credit card, whatever. Very easy to do and so much appreciated. And if you do a sizable donation, 
I will mention you on the program. Also, drop me a line. Email me at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show, what you enjoy about the music. Let's just kibitz and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly, and I much enjoy the uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is your show, The True Music Lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one.